Welcome to the Beauty Pro Wellness Podcast, the podcast that mixes wellness with personal development tips and info specifically for beauty industry professionals. I'm your host, Abby O'Sullivan, a longtime esthetician and lash artist turned wellness coach. With burnout and health issues on the rise amongst my beauty pro friends, I know we need a space to come together, to learn, support each other, and get the push you need to take care of your health. Together, we'll dive into topics like mobility training for a less achy body, managing stress in the chaos of running a business and handling clients, setting up your self-care routines, and so much more. You deserve to feel as good as your clients do when they leave you. Let's make time for you, starting with this podcast. Welcome back to the Beauty Pro Wellness Podcast. I want to take you back to like late elementary school, middle school, and sex education. What do you remember learning about your period? And what did you take with you into adulthood? What have you learned since then? And do you feel clear about what's going on in your cycle or do you still have questions? Today's podcast is all about our period, our monthly cycle, the hormonal fluctuations, like what's actually going on, what's normal, what's not when it comes to PMS symptoms, and how we can align our cycle with nutrition and workouts and our work so that we can feel more level on a general basis and more just like in tune with what's going on in our bodies. I've got special guest Nicole Stout joining me today to give you so much information, so much wisdom, and actionable tips that you can take and apply to your life today. Nicole is a holistic hormone health coach working with women to improve their periods, hormone and gut health, and overall energy so that you can show up fully every day in your business and build your dream life. She is on a mission to educate women about how to optimize their hormone health naturally so that they can have more energy, drop dress sizes, and keep their results forever. Please welcome Nicole Stout to the podcast. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, We're going to be talking about hormones, women's hormones, our cycles, aligning our cycles and our nutrition and exercise and self-care so that we can just feel better, like consistently in our Mm -hmm. lives, hopefully and throughout the month. And there's so much more to that conversation. Obviously we're going to, we're going to get into it, but I love like one of the coolest things I've done for myself is really to start getting more um, aware and in touch with my own body's natural rhythms and my period and all of that. Now, luckily I do have a fairly regular period. It's probably the most on time thing about me, but (laughs) that's a joke, you know, sort of, (laughs) but it has been so, um, insightful and I've just really enjoyed that process. And I think it lends itself to healing in a lot of different ways, but first let's let you share a little bit about yourself, your professional background and how you came to be a coach, especially that has niched down to really speak about women's hormone health. Yeah. So I feel like my journey is interesting because when my background from college is in elementary education. So growing up, I knew I wanted to teach and work with children. I've always had a way with kids. 
But at the same time, I grew up competing gymnastics and taking ballet. So being active and fit has always been a part of my life. And growing up, people would always comment about my metabolism, how it was so fast and so healthy and I could just eat all this food. And so I knew from a young age that having a healthy metabolism was a good thing. And just because of growing up in a competitive sport, health and fitness and nutrition has always been something I've been interested in. And when going through college, I would always tell people if I didn't study elementary education, I would do something with nutrition. I just don't know what that would look like career-wise because I wasn't interested in becoming a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, kind of the background with fitness. And then in 2019, I hired a fitness coach and it was an experience. Mm-hmm. There was some good and definitely some things not to do as a coach. And the good I took from that was I was able to see how you could make a career out of fitness and nutrition. And during that year, I had friends asking me, what are you doing? You're like, you're looking so fit. And I'm like, if they're asking me for advice, maybe I should get paid for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I should start coaching too. So that's when the seed was planted when I was working with that coach. But at the same time, working with that coach, my period disappeared within the first month of working with him. So I'm a tall girl. I'm 5'10". And he had me on a food plan of eating like 16 to 1700 calories Mm -hmm. without first even assessing where I was, like how many calories was I already eating? And then I was doing cardio five days a week, but I'm such an overachiever. I was doing seven days a week. And then- <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's, I'm sure that's relatable to a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I was at the gym, weightlifting full body routine three days a week. So it was just very few calories and There's so much activity or so much activity. Yeah. And yeah, I saw results and got, and you know, my body looked good at the time. I look back at those pictures and I don't think I looked all that Did great. Did you just in- use air quotes? Yeah. You just use air quotes around good everyone. <laughs> Cause I know I have some air quote words too. And I like to just like for the listeners, I'm like air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see me right now. But yeah. So I thought I looked decent, but looking back at those pictures, I just look very thin and not as healthy. And like I said, within that first month of working with him, my period disappeared. As someone who has always struggled with really painful cramps to the point where I would get sick and nauseous at school during high school and have to go home, like I was grateful, like, yay, you were like, see, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no period, no cramps. Like, I'm not worried. I didn't realize losing my period at the time was a red flag. Mm -hmm. Then once I parted ways with that coach, um, it was in 2020. It was actually August 1st, 2020. And we are recording this on August 1st. So oh my exactly gosh. Ago, um, I was anniversary of that, <laughs> of, of this incident, which really started to launch my shift into exploring my own hormone health because I was out running errands and I live in Los Angeles. And so driving on streets of LA in the area where I live, like it can be pretty high traffic, just lots of cars and I'm running errands. And suddenly like my cramps are getting so painful. I'm about to pass out while driving. Mm. And that was kind of the light bulb moment where I'm like, okay, that is not normal. I shouldn't be about to pass out while I am driving my car to run errands. 
And I talked to my sister later on that day and she's a internal medicine doctor. And she was like, Oh, just, you might want to consider going back on hormonal birth control. And I'm like, no, that's not an option. I don't want to do that for myself because by that time I already started learning about what birth control can do to your body and the side effects. And, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, okay, I need to figure out what is going on, but I didn't quite know where to turn and like where to research and look. And then it was through NCI actually with the Jen marker, who was Mm -hmm. like kind of the girl with an NCI. Mm -hmm. I heard something that she did and like an interview with Jason. And there was another girl I was following on YouTube who was speaking a lot about hormones. And so I got Jolene Brighton's book beyond the pill. Oh yeah. Love her. I have that book as well. Yeah. (laughs) I love that book. And that was a game changer. And I read that in May of 2021 or April, May, somewhere around there. And I'm like, okay, like my mind just exploded. And that's when I made the decision. I'm going to focus on women's hormone health. I was working with a client at the time who was on birth control and we were trying to just help her balance her hormones and everything. And I'm like, do you want to go through this food plan with me that this lady recommends in her book? And she was like, sure, I'll be a guinea pig. And so we went through that 30 day food plan together and Mm -hmm. I felt amazing. She felt amazing. I did it with another client and she felt amazing. Did it with someone else. And like the weight just came off and she felt better. And I'm like, okay, there is something to this food plan and how that supports your hormones. And Mm -hmm. it's just been kind of a rabbit hole ever since. And so, yeah, working with the fitness coach, my background in competitive sports, and then my own hormone journey has kind of shaped into what I do as a coach. So that was my long-winded explanation. No, I love it. I always love, I, well, I mean, I just love hearing people's stories and their journeys into like whatever it is that they do now, because generally we've, seems like a lot of people have taken like kind of a different path and then somehow ended up there. And I know that's how it is with myself as well. So I always love to hear that. Um, and, and it's in the fact that you've been able to bring like something that you were struggling with and then be able to help others with it too, and just really be curious and interested and dive deep into it. Um, I love that. So I'm, and I'm, I'm glad that you found something that you're like, you're super, super passionate about it, you know? So I know, cause I watch you. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm, I can be such a nerd when it comes to just learning all the things. Yeah. So you said something in your, when you were talking about your background and when you lost your period and you were happy and you didn't realize that was kind of a red flag. Why, mm-hmm. why is that a red flag to like lose your period, especially, I mean, you could take it via the situation that you were in where it was super low calorie or just in general, like, why is that a red flag? Yeah. Cause our, from my understanding and just what I've learned, our period is like our fifth vital sign. Yes. And, um, our period can tell us so much about our health. So when you lose your period, you're not getting that feedback mm-hmm. about your body. And if you lose it, that means that there is some sort of stressor happening on your body to where your body, like the reproductive system is shutting down. Like, Oh, there is too much stress. Like I can't think about reproducing right now. So your period's going to go away. And I just, that didn't click for me. All I was like, like, I don't have any cramps now and I don't have to worry. You know, my period every month, this is great. Yeah. (laughs) But you're you're not getting that feedback. And so that's even like birth controls. Some of them, like I was with a friend and she was talking about how she was getting a birth control that like, she won't get a period for like six to eight months or something. And I'm like, but then Mm -hmm. you're not getting that feedback. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. about how your health is doing. Cause that's your, your period tells you how your health is doing. Yeah. And it, and it's just like a bypassing band-aid for a lot of different things. And I, listen, I've been on lots of different types of birth control. I haven't been on birth control since probably 2018 and have been fine with that. I love it. Don't ever want to go back on it. Um, and even it was so funny. I went into a checkup and like, I wasn't even there to, I didn't want to talk about birth control with them, but they came in and talked to me about like getting an IUD. And I was like, I legit did not actually want to speak about that at all. I'd never asked you to come in and talk to me about that, you know, but like mid 30, mid to late thirties or whatever. And they're thinking like, what are lecture you on? Like not taking the pill because you're past 35 and we wouldn't want you to get blood clots, but like, here's something else you should try. And I'm like, I actually don't, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm good on that. I will practice yeah. other, <laughs> you know, ways. Um, but I've also been on the like season or whatever the, um, generic of that was where, you basically take it for three or four months straight. You have basically like a quarterly period. And I used to think, well, you would have thought I was the only woman getting a period in the world. Whenever that finally came around, because I, because I was so irregular when I was younger and then I was on birth control forever. And then, you know, when I was on that, when I would get them, I'd be like, Oh my God, it's and it's just, it's so overdramatic and funny. So yeah, you're like, ah, so glad I don't have to do that every month. Yeah, for sure. But but yeah, what I now know is that. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight that is that like, yes, for a lot of us, we can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I'm not having a period, but it really is an important part of our health. Even Mm -hmm. if you don't want children, like it means there's something that's deeper, that's off balance. And that could affect, like, I know you talk about this a lot in your content, but it can affect, like, if you're trying to change your body composition, which could be like losing fat or building muscle or your energy levels or your sex drive, like all of that stuff plays into it. And but most of us are like, yeah, no period, you know? So it's just, it's like, I just want to highlight that because I know we are not the only people who have been like, thank God I'm not having a period every month. Um, (laughs) ever since like really diving deep into hormones and starting to track my period and, and noticing the way my cycle ebbs and flows, so to speak, it's been very empowering. I feel so much more connected to my body and I start getting excited when my period is about to start. I'm like, all right, what is this one going to be like? Is it going to be easy? Am I like going to be dealing with cramps this time? And you know, if I am dealing with dealing with cramps then it's like, okay, what have I been doing like the past month nutrition wise that may have influenced this? And then I can readjust, but I use it as feedback. And so I, I start getting excited just to see yeah. like, it's going to be an easy one. And if it yeah. is <laughs> well, it's kind of like being a scientist with your own body. And instead of, you know, honestly, in like uh, my first two days are kind of like my crampier, like heavy days after that, like literally after about 24 to 36 hours, like I'm good to go. And yeah. so I, I don't really dread it unless like I have an event coming up and I'm like, shit, come on, <laughs> like the timing of this. Um, and, and sometimes those like first day crampy days are a little bit worse. It, it just depends on how, how easily I can kind of get myself and get, get myself up and moving. Because if I kind of just do a little bit, even if it's very gentle, I feel a lot better than when I just lay around. So yeah. there's that, but sometimes you just need a couch day. Um, 
Nice. But I also think I'm 40 now. So I also think like I'm getting my period. It's on time. I'm still like young and fertile, like, <laughs> you know, because like when I'm entering my forties, hello, at some point things start to drop off. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to be grateful that I'm bleeding right now because that means I'm still like a right. use to society or right. whatever. I don't want children. So I'm not in a use, I'm not in any use that way, but I just, I'm like, I'm holding on to my youth so much longer, my virility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about um, some of the myths, like I'm, I'll use quotes, like some of the myths around our period, PMS symptoms that we have been taught are quote normal. Mm-hmm. Basically any symptom you are experiencing, we've been told is normal and it's not. So like I was always told cramps are normal. It's just part of being a woman. Like that mm-hmm. you should expect when you have your period. And I didn't know to question that PMS symptoms, like that's not normal acne. That's not normal. Like all the intense food cravings or depression, anxiety, mood swings, whether your period is extremely heavy or extremely light, like none of that is normal. Mm-hmm. And I, it's common. And I think that's why it's become normalized because when you think about it, you know, so many women are going to doctors like with all of these symptoms. And so doctors are just like, oh, well, that's normal because everyone's experiencing it. But no. And, and a lot of them are men and they don't know anyway and don't care. Yeah. Just throwing that yeah. in there. <laughs> I mean, they care, but like it's not on them. <laughs> yeah. Our, our symptoms around our period have just they're, they're common. They've become normalized, but they shouldn't be normal. Like your period should be pain-free. A little bit of bloating is typically normal. Um, I usually feel that the first day and drop in energy levels. That's normal too, because your hormones are at like their lowest when your period starts. And so feeling a little low energy, a little bit, tiny bit crampy and bloated, like that, that is normal, but it shouldn't completely disrupt your life to where you are laying on the couch with a heating pad on your belly for an entire day or two, because, and you're yelling at everyone in your household, that is not normal. Mm-hmm. And I so, think, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, was just, I, I think a lot of women just don't realize that they've just accepted. This is the time of the month when I'm just going to be moody and yell at everyone and need my heating pad at the ready, you know, kind of thing, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Happen. Yeah. And it it has been, you're right. Like it has been normalized and it's just because like, it's gosh, I mean, like I wasn't never taught quite that much in school. And also at a time when I don't really know how we're supposed to absorb that type of information and what we do with it, you know, and generations before us, you know, so it's like maybe our generation or this time in our world and in our health culture we can really bring that to light. Like I've never seen people talk about it the way that it's being talked about now. I'm sure that has a lot to do with social media and just how much information we can put out there. Mm -hmm. It's funny you mentioned that though, because I do still work with kids in this past year. I worked with middle schoolers and there was a point during the school year where I had just a group of girls and they're anywhere from like 11 to 10, 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of in that age range where they know that like their period's going to start in the next few years. 
something to be aware of. Two of the girls were going through another program that was like offering sex ed for the month of March. And they were totally freaking out about it. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so weird. Like they were having this whole discussion <laughs> with me one day. And I just, you know, as a health coach who specializes in women's hormones, if you guys have any questions throughout the year oh, I love or that. The, of the year, come to me. I'm comfortable talking about this, but as the year went on, like one of the girls I was tutoring was also going through sex ed and I'm like, okay, I'm in this hormone health coaching space, but I also have that teaching background. I think we need a revamped sex ed curriculum for both boys and girls Yeah, where (laughs) our periods and our bodies and sex and everything, it's not as taboo as it was when I was growing up. And Mm so I to the girls in my class. And I was like, okay, if I developed a sex ed curriculum, how could I present it so that it's not awkward and we can have open discussions. And so they were giving me feedback. And so I'm trying to get those girls together to like start like girls empowerment workshops. So we can talk about fitness, nutrition, the myths around our bodies. Like here's what birth control can help with if you want to go on it, but here's the side effects and just empower them with this information. And here's how your period should work. And this is normal. This isn't, and just empower them with that information. So, so yeah, like that's a direction I would love to go with my business to be able to reach those girls who are, you know, 11, 12, 13 Mm -hmm. years old yeah, and, and support them and their health and their bodies, but just the empowerment side of their mindset and mental health and emotional health and all the things. And so, oh yeah, big right now. <laughs> well, I freaking love that a bunch. Yeah. I, I mean, just having, having that knowledge, just like you said, being able to provide people with a knowledge so that they can go make different decisions or whatever decision they need to make for their health. Um, I feel like that's kind of a theme for my podcast right now, but that's why I like doing this too. And bringing different people in is so that like, so that whoever's listening, like you can get the information and then you can go with a different direction and really advocate for yourself and advocate into looking deeper into, you know, the symptoms or the issues that you might be having. And I feel like I harp on this quite a bit on my podcast and just in general that like, we don't, we normalize, like as an adult, we're just going to feel tired and crappy and achy like shit all the time. And like, that actually is not true. You don't have to feel that way. And I know there's so much nuance to that conversation, but I mean, like even just turning 40, it's like your body doesn't just like suddenly fall apart. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe if you've treated it like crap for the past, you know, 30 years or 20 years that you've been like taking care of yourself. Sure. But you have so much power to change things. And one of the things that helps is education, obviously, and us being able to talk openly about these things and, um, and be able to ask questions. So I love that you're giving them like an open, safe space to be able to ask questions. I was so shy about that as a kid. Like I remember starting my period and being like, I was out at my dad's, um, a TMI everyone, but like, let's share period stories. I was out at my, my grandpa, my grandparents' farm where my dad lived and I had a stepmom. I have a stepmom, but so I was out there with them. So I wasn't even like home with my mom, you know, who I was with all the time. And so it was kind of uncomfortable. And I had to go like knock on their door late at night. Cause I didn't know what to do. Like my grandma yeah. didn't have, you know, anything. And so she, you know, my stepmom was in her thirties or whatever still. And, and she was so sweet about it, you know, and I had all these questions 
I was like asking about tampons and pads and panty liners, and, like all this stuff that apparently, I don't know, I didn't get in school. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> I was like, what do you do with all this stuff? And she's just like, here's a pad. And I'm like, I don't know what else yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Like one of my students, that was her, that was one of the questions she posed to me. She was just like, what are all these things? And what are you supposed to do with them? And why do we have a period to begin with? And she's like, just of it. it's so gross. And I was like, yeah. oh, hon. <laughs> Let, let, let's work our way into it. But, but they were like, <laughs> they were like, if we got together and talked about this, like, could you have, you know, like little index cards or post-its and we can write down our questions anom- anonymously so that we can ask the questions we have, but like people won't know it's us. And yeah, I'm like, we don't have to raise our hand in class and everyone <laughs> turns around and looks at you. Yeah. You no, know, no one's not trying. No one's trying to speak up in sex ed class. We're all trying to avert our eyes and also look yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. And so I really want to create a safe space for young girls to be able to talk about these things and openly ask their questions and concerns and without any judgment so that we can have just the open, honest discussions, like here's the facts. And then, you know, you do with it what you may, but Mm -hmm. I just want to empower them about their bodies because our bodies as women are a beautiful thing, just with the way we, we cycle and, and all of that. And I mean, we're literally creators of life. It's pretty cool. So (laughs) in many different forms. (laughs) So that was a tangent, but (laughs) yeah, no, I love, no, I absolutely love that. So what is actually happening? I mean, obviously like individual cases may vary, but what is happening when we do experience cramps, you kind of touched on it, you know, with like the hormonal fluctuations, but like, why are we getting cramps and bloating and, and headaches or breast tenderness or that irritability Oof. Yeah. <laughs> that I want to kill somebody and cry all at the same time vibe. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> uh, so that's typically those that happens when our hormones are imbalanced. And so you need your three sex hormones to be in certain balance and ratios with each other. So testosterone, which we do have as women, um, and then of course, estrogen and progesterone. I know just because of my personal hormone journey that spotting before your period and period cramps are typically associated with low progesterone. And whether progesterone is actually low or relative to estrogen, because if your estrogen is high, then that's going to be other symptoms like Mm -hmm. headaches. I mean, heavy periods is a sign of high estrogen. I think PMS is typically associated with estrogen too. And um, headaches can also be low estrogen. So Mm -hmm. like, I feel like people talk a lot about high estrogen in this hormone space, because I think that's what we mostly see. Mm-hmm. is estrogen dominance, but like there are women out there who have low hormones across the board. Mm-hmm. And so at the root of your imbalance hormones, cause I always tell everyone hormone imbalances, that's not the root cause. You have to ask the question, why are your hormones imbalanced? What is going on in your body to cause estrogen to be too high or progesterone to be so low or testosterone is too high or low where it needs to be in your cycle. And And at the root of that is going to be like your gut health and the nutrients and minerals in your body. Because if your body doesn't have the raw materials to create the hormones, like the fats and the nutrients, then your hormones can't function optimally. And then if your gut health is a complete mess, then your liver isn't 
detoxing estrogen in the way it should. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's just, there's so many other components to our hormones and you have to get to the root cause. And that's going to be supporting your gut health and making sure your body is absorbing the nutrients from the foods that you eat and Mm -hmm. eating enough healthy fats to support your hormones too. Yes. So beautiful. That's what yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I totally can just also in the personal experience of I guess um shout out to gut health because when I did that and then we after I was kind of in a really good place there, we did a Dutch test so I could see where my hormones are. So then we could go into a fat loss phase, but I had to be in that healthier place first. Um, and that more like stable, I guess, like environment internally and mentally, (laughs) let's be real (laughs) because I was a mess when I went in. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and it was so interesting to see that while I did feel good, like after having gone through that, like I felt great you know, I wasn't like empty. I wasn't like super, super low of hormones, but I was kind of low across the spectrum. And so that gives you something to obviously to just go from there and start to, I worked with someone. So a functional medicine um, dietitian that then, you know, we supplement this way or that way. And we're constantly like checking in and I'm taking note of like my, my energy levels and my mood and my period and all of that. And if I'm having any like reactions or whatever to adding Mm -hmm. back uh, foods into my normal eating diet. And then, yeah. And then we had a great fat loss phase and it, so it just makes such a difference to, like you said, just diving into that root cause, um, instead of just randomly like, well, it must be this, it must be this. And like, you're just taking things, you're taking things. Like we've got to look a little bit deeper and kind of dig around a little bit more, and having and that so- support, like from like a professional is, is, I mean, you can learn a lot from books and from material, like courses and all of these things, but like, well, taking a course of support. So, I mean, just like finding that support any way you can is so, so helpful <laughs> and valuable. Yeah. yeah. And I always tell women like you'll, your weight loss journey will be so much easier when you focus first on your health and making sure your hormones are stable. Your gut is healthy. Like your body has the nutrients it needs. Like if you are trying to lose weight and your gut health is a mess and you already feel like shit, then weight loss is going to be a struggle. You are just going to be adding to the stress that's already on your body. What you want to do is take off as much stress as possible by focusing health on the inside and then weight loss is just going to happen. And it's going to be so much easier to maintain. And you're not going to be fighting against your body any longer. Mm -hmm. And so I'm yeah, (laughs) that was literally, that's it. Mic drop. That's it. (laughs) Health first people. So, (laughs) so kind of take us through like how you help your clients, um, like we're kind of talking about like the symptoms and easing it, easing the symptoms. So their period doesn't just dis- isn't so disruptive to their life. If I could speak, take us through like an overview of what you work with, work with your clients on in order to get to that place. Because I'm sure a lot of people come in and they, they might be like, Oh my, I can tell my hormones are muscle. Like I really want to lose this like five, 10, 15 pounds or whatever. And you're like, we've got to look at this first. Um, and so just, yeah, take us through that. Yeah. So in fact, clients first come to me 
I really want to look at what's going on in their gut. And so for the past few years, I've used a gut health questionnaire that's been such a valuable resource. But after the course that I went through this past year, um, which was WellFits, it was a year long course that I did with another nutrition coach that I was connected with through like a nutrition coaching organization that Abby and I were both a part of for a while. Anyway, so this coach teaches this year long course and it does a deep dive into like PCOS and gut health, Mm -hmm. um, thyroid hormones, how to read and interpret blood work, Mm -hmm. uh, menopause and adrenal health. Like it, it talks about everything. Yeah. That more like functional, holistic. Yeah. 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 Functional, holistic approach. So yeah. It was really informative. So after going through that and just being connected to Erin, who teaches the the course, she's able to order GI map. I asked her and she was like, yes, I can order GI maps for your clients. And so now when clients come in, um, we can get a GI map done to really see what is going on. And then I connected with another coach who can do HTMA tests. And so she was willing to work with me to run HTMA tests on clients and HTMA is a hair tissue mineral analysis test. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So we can look at the nutrients and minerals in your body to see like, Mm -hmm. are you depleted in magnesium or is too much magnesium like coming out of your body? What's happening with calcium or potassium and then heavy metal levels in your bodies. And I don't know how to read and interpret that test. That's why I have this girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This other coach who can do it for me in the time being until I do become certified to be able to read that test. But at least like those are two tools that I have for new clients who really just test and not guess what is happening in their bodies. Mm-hmm. So that is the first thing. But then it's all just a matter of working on lifestyle and nutrition changes. So improving nutrition quality, making sure they're eating enough protein and fiber, go outside and take a walk and get your sunlight you know, work on, let's work on reducing stress and improving sleep quality. And it's just, it's working all of those things, but individualizing it for the client because someone might really need to take small baby steps and other people are like, all right, like they, they come to me with more of a fitness background and a fitness mindset. And they're like, yes, I can eat that way. I can do the workouts and they can like add more to their plate all at once. And so it's, it really depends on the person, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I start with the testing because I just I don't want to guess any longer what's going on with yeah. With women. I just rather like see here's what's happening. Here's the protocol we need to do. What are the steps we're going to take so that yeah. you can get there? Yeah, so. without like wasting a bunch of time mm-hmm. <laughs> and money or whatever and <laughs> mental brain and emotional power. Yeah, <laughs> so helpful with with past clients that <laughs> were kind of a struggle. And I'm just like, Oh, I wish I knew then what I know now, sure, of course, to be able to help right? them, but it's all a growing experience. Yeah. Right. And, and it's hard, like from a coach perspective, like you get in for whatever reason you get into get in for, and then you realize like, Oh, there's all these other things. And then you find, you kind of find your lane. Like you find where you do want to focus. And I know for me, I mean, I, I became a personal trainer because I wanted to help women lift in the gym and like make them feel like powerful badasses in the gym that like, that's how I felt. I had loved my experience with my coaches and personal trainers. And then, you know, but everyone wants to talk about food. And I was like, I don't really want to do that, but like, let me learn it. And then just via that, 
I mean, I would definitely credit being able to have a level two class with Travis as well. Like the level two class was so great, but having both the instructors there was so amazing. It just really opened my eyes to a lot more. And then I was going through my own gut health journey at the time. And I just was like, wow, this is, I mean, the body is amazing and it's, and it's intricate. It's like an orchestra. If one section is playing off or didn't show up that day, then it it just doesn't sound quite as good. (laughs) It's just not complete. Domino effect with other things. Yes. You're connected. It's not just, you know, it's not like your liver operates on its own. Like it's connected to a bunch of other things that influence it and influences other things. And Mm -hmm. everything is connected. And Mm -hmm. I feel like about that all the time in my Facebook group. I'm like, do you guys see how this is all? <laughs> no. We're like, can you see what we see? They're like, we just really want to lose five pounds. And it's like, but don't you see? <laughs> I'm like, this is how you'll lose the five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the results that your clients get? Yeah. I mean, I've seen weight loss up to like 35 pounds in clients after Amazing. Uh, after a year or so. And they've been able to keep it off. Um, I have another client who's like, look how much stronger I am. Like she's showing me her workout tracking, like, look where I was back in January, 2022 and look where I am now. And, and she's so excited. She's like, I feel stronger. I feel better. I look leaner. And she's like, I don't care that the scale hasn't gone down as much as like we wanted it to. She's like, I just bought new bras and, you know, was able to go down a few sizes in my clothes. Like, so she's all excited about how strong and badass she feels. And heck yeah, I've definitely had clients who like their periods feel better you know, are much less painful, more energy. I've had women go through my 28 day hormone reset program. I'm still trying to find a new name for it, but that's kind of the name that has stuck for now. (laughs) But, um, you've like been able to come off their birth control and metformin for PCOS. I've had people go through that and her cholesterol, her LDL went down to a healthier number. And so, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of results with yeah, a lot of incredible results. Yeah. And all of that influences so many other things in their lives too. I mean, obviously like your client, her confidence is like <laughs> yeah. so high now. She's like, ah, I feel so great. Yeah. Like it's I'll just, Oh, I'll be posting her wins tomorrow. And she, we were having a whole text conversation about how she wore a bikini at the water park. And she was so excited yeah. <laughs> to be able to feel comfortable in a bikini. And like, that's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. I love it. I remember when I even was in um, a fat loss phase, I was on a, in a caloric deficit. I was carb cycling and I had gotten my period and I was at the gym that day. And I was telling my coach that I was like, I've barely felt this period. Like I feel great. I'm in lifting, like, look, I'm not bloated. Like I was, I was really amazed. I was like, this is incredible. Can I have this every month? And it doesn't right. always work out that way because I mean, I've left that, co- you know, like I've different things have happened in my life since then. It's a journey people. And sometimes you do have to revisit, <laughs> yep. you have to revisit those things because when you have different stress in your life, like that's never going to go away. And so we, when you've had that experience and you have that knowledge, it's a little bit easier to come back to that and revisit it and get yourself back into whatever I don't like shape, you know, and just way that you want to be. Um, yeah. so I feel like the, the learning, if you can, if you're working with somebody or you're taking a course, just being able to really take that knowledge and integrate it 
and use it over and over again. Like it's so great having somebody just tell you what to do, but if you're, if you're not like really learning in the process for yourself and, and taking notes on your, how your body feels and all of that, then, I mean, then you just don't feel like you've learned anything and you might undo all of that whenever you're, (laughs) whenever you leave your hand holder. (laughs) Yeah. Like I definitely try and take a teaching approach with my clients. It's just teacher in me. So. Yeah. <laughs> They're learning things. Great to have those skills. Well, I mean, that's on the person. It's not really on you, but I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of both, obviously, like if your coach is just telling you what to do and never really like explains it, but I have, I usually have a lot of questions. Like I kind of want to know how things work. And even if I wasn't the health coach, like I still kind of want to know, you know? Yeah. So that's maybe just, just me. Like, why are we doing that? And what does that do? Like, Oh, cool. I probably won't remember it tomorrow, but I learned it right now. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So I wanted to talk about aligning our cycles, um, and our nutrition and, and exercise and activity, like, and self-care with how, with like our work and Mm -hmm. the work culture, the general, like eight to five is not really conducive to women's monthly cycles. We have way more fluctuations And it really gives us this, these feelings of like, I can't keep up or I'm not doing enough. Let's talk about like what we can, maybe just a few tips or whatever you want to share of things that we can do to kind of help us align our, the things that we can control, like our nutrition and our activity levels and our self-care with our cycle so that we can just like feel better through our month, like working and living and all of that. Yeah. So I guess menstrual cycle 101, very quickly, we have two main phases. We have our follicular phase, and then we have our luteal phase. The follicular follicular phase, I always stumble on that word, is (laughs) (laughs) the day your period starts through like day 14, 15 around ovulation. And then the luteal phase is after ovulation up to when your period begins. So during that follicular, follicular phase, Estrogen is rising. And then around ovulation, we also get a boost in testosterone and the luteal phase estrogen drops off, but then rises a little bit again around day 21 before dropping off. But the luteal phase is where progesterone should be rising and is the dominant hormone. Estrogen is, I think it's protective a little bit better against like inflammation and blood sugar. So when we think of nutrition during that time, that might be a time when estrogen is higher, where you can get by eating more carbs, maybe have that cinnamon roll or, you know, whatever treat that might be a little bit more inflammatory, but if your estrogen is healthy, then it should help stabilize your blood sugars. And then the follicular phase is also a good time for intermittent fasting because with estrogen being dominant, we can handle a little bit more stress on our bodies. Mm -hmm. So those first two weeks, if you want to play around with intermittent fasting, that would be the better time to do so. I'm not going to say intermittent fasting is for every single woman, because if you have a high stress life, then that might be one additional stressor that you just don't need. But if you feel like there's not a lot of stress in your life and you want to play around with intermittent fasting, those two weeks would probably be a good time to play around with it. If you find that during ovulation, you feel really terrible with intermittent fasting, then know that that's normal for some women. So Mm -hmm. some women do feel worse intermittent fasting around ovulation. In your luteal phase, 
when it comes to nutrition. This is where you might want to increase the fat, the fat intake in your diet and lower the inflammatory foods, because since estrogen is lower, we don't have as much protection against the blood sugar with that. And progesterone is more of like our calming hormone. And like, it's not really good protecting your body against stress, which is why Mm -hmm. leading up to your period, you have lower energy. You feel like just doing nothing or you would rather clean the house than be around people mm-hmm. just because you, you feel more, I don't, maybe nest like, yeah, nest, maybe kind of, kind of sounds like know? that. Right. Yeah. So you want to be just much kinder to your body leading up to your period. And that's a good time to really practice a lot of self-care listening to your body, just because your hormones are dropping off from like day 21 to 28 and that ideal 28 day cycle. When it comes to workouts, put you can push your workouts a little bit more in the first half of your cycle, just because estrogen and testosterone are the dominant hormones. So do the HIIT workout, do your PRs, do your heavy lifting, like feel super badass in the gym. But in the luteal phase, this is where you probably want to focus more on hypertrophy or do mm-hmm. some sort of yoga and just more like calming, relaxing, restorative movement and exercise, because again, our bodies cannot handle as much stress during that phase of our cycle. Mm -hmm. So that would be the nutrition and exercise. And then when it comes to work and lifestyle, I mean, you have more energy during the first half of your cycle. So you might want to be around people that might be a good time to like have the meeting or do the big presentation at work, just more people oriented activities. And then in the luteal phase, that might be a good time to do a lot of strategy and planning Mm -hmm. where you're not interacting with people as much, but planning like the next project or goals or whatever. So that's kind of what I've learned with aligning nutrition, our life and Mm -hmm. exercise around our cycle. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I love that. And I, do pay attention to a lot of that, um, the information that goes around and I'm, and I'm kind of one of those people who then is like, but when you take the time, like try it, try Mm -hmm. what Nicole is saying. And, and then also pay attention to how you feel like does taking some of that advice make you feel better and make you have a better period and make you just feel better consistently throughout the month. And then you can start to test a little bit you know, yeah. and play around within that and work it for your own body. Because some months, like you might feel like you can go a little bit harder, like in your luteal yeah. phase, like just Absolutely. know that it's like, they're just, they're, they're suggestions and their guidelines to start helping you work your way into this. And then when you try it, like you get to just kind of then like, you've gotten to know your body and you've gotten to know like how this and that feels. And then go with what does feel good for you. And what, what that says to me, especially in the luteal phase is like, um, and hypertrophy is like an eight to 12 rep range. Um, sometimes I feel so good in the gym around my period and other months I'm kind of like, I want more mobility. I want more slow. I want more like inward in touch with my body, stretching and releasing more walks and, and, or I take my workout slower. And I just give myself permission to do that. 
and like not have to be like fucking hardcore in it. Like, oh my God, I'm in it to win it today. Like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like doing squats. Cool. Whatever. I'll do something else. Mm-hmm. So like just being able to give yourself that, that bit of leeway, like it's okay. If you don't feel like it, if you don't feel up to it, you're not going to lose your progress that fast. Um, it's actually like what I was leading into with all of that is talking about recovery, especially mm-hmm. like being able, when you're talking about not being able to like necessarily your body is in a calmer state and doesn't protect itself as well from stress. And that does include workouts and like the high intensity. And so just thinking about that in terms of like overstressing your nervous system, overtaxing your muscles and like then you're super sore for a couple of days and you can't move. And then you're like, uh, and then you're like, I did too hard. I did that. Like there's all these little things that these are these little games that we can play with ourselves around that. And that is why it's so cool to be able to just like learn this information and then apply it and try it and just see how it works for you and understand like why you're, why you should be doing that. Like if you, if you like go so hard in the gym and you have a crap night of sleep, then you aren't recover. Then your recovery is even less fruitful, you know? So you really aren't making gains if you can't recover from your freaking workouts. So maybe that was like the entire point of that, but I just came to it organically guys. I'm sorry. It took me forever, but like, (laughs) I love talking about it too. These are definitely guidelines because everyone's body is different. So we have bio-individuality, but pay attention to your body and the signals it's sending you. You might be in your follicular phase and have a shit night of sleep and you don't need to go to the gym and push your PRs the next day because Mm -hmm. you haven't recovered. So I'm not saying just because you're in that phase, you need to push every workout or just because you're in the luteal phase, you need to take it super easy, mm-hmm. but just start being aware of the signs and signals that your body might be sending you. Maybe you can push a workout in a time where, you know, I'm, I'm saying like, it might not be a good time to push a workout, but just yeah. listen to your body mm-hmm. and become aware and you'll be so much more connected with what your body wants and needs. And you'll start recognizing the signs and signals of like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't increase weights on my deadlift today. Cause I got a poor night of sleep and I'm approaching my period. And let's just actually like take some weight off and make it lighter. Just so I can focus on form today and just move through the movement, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. That mistake pushing weights like the day before my period on a deadlift, and then I pulled a muscle. So, ladies, <laughs> even I'm not perfect. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I had somebody, um, and this is kind of like another tangent, but I had a physical therapist tell me once I was in, I was in for treatments. This was like way back, and I was like super busy working, lash career, blah blah blah, and I was in because my hips and my fingers, my shoulders, everything was like super jacked up on my body, and he was telling me that, and you know, I, I don't know if I've ever looked this up, but it made sense to me. So I just kind of like took it, which is maybe not the smartest thing, but like, this is like, um, eight or nine years ago now. Um, he was telling me something about women's hips shifting, uh, in line with like their cycles, which sort of helps make room for like a baby. It, like mm-hmm. if we were going to give birth and so like our hip, our bodies can shift. And I'm like, just even with our cycles, but with men, they don't really typically have that. So sometimes our issues are different was really his point was that like, they tend to have low back and we tend to have hips. 
And it did make a lot of sense to me. And so that kind of makes sense to me now. Like if you're thinking about leading up to your period, if you're, you know, if you're not primed correctly or activated or like strength, like the mobility strength factor is like a little bit weaker or something. And then you've got like the period coming and then pulling a muscle. I don't know. That does all that makes sense to me in that way. Um, yeah. that like sort of logical physiological way, but I should probably like look that up and see if it's accurate just for, as we shift through our hormonal phases without being with child. I think there is something to that because I don't have the information in front of me. It's in one of my workbooks over here off to the side, Mm -hmm. but women are more prone to ACL tears during a certain part of our cycle, just because of how things are in line with each other. Mm -hmm. And so that's just something to be aware of. There's like some sort of study done like on soccer players and like so interesting or something. Yeah. It was something like that. Like I said, I don't have it in front of me, but it was something to do with like women being more prone to ACL injuries during a certain part of their cycle, just because mm-hmm. of what's going on with our bodies and hormonally. I'm like, that's so weird. Yeah. It is oh. wild. It's like, what? and I know probably people like, as I sit here and even just listening to us, I'm like, God, all the things that we have to think about, my goodness, no wonder where people are exhausted. Like <laughs> awesome. no wonder women are exhausted. There is so much to keep track of. Like you know, I was trying to go out the other night and I'm like, how many freaking tampons do I need to bring? Like, why do I have to think about this? Like, Guys don't have to worry about anything. Like what tiny purse can I shove enough tampons in for the night? Like, geez, <laughs> like was laughing about that all night. So anyway, <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's such a great discussion. I've just, I've seen a lot of content way more now than ever being made around the phases. And I think it's so great. I think it's such a great starting point for people to just start like tapping into and going from there and, and still remembering, like you said, that you are an individual and you will experience things differently than other people. And that's okay. Like if you're not keeping up with like whoever or in theory fitness, like you don't know, like you just never know what's going on in someone's life and in their health and in their body to know whether like they are actually quote healthy. Like they seem from the outside or not. So yeah, I mean, people thought I was healthy the year I was working with my coach. I looked yeah. good on the outside, good, yeah. Ish. but yeah, I had no period and I was probably a little bit malnourished and yeah, so, you know, you just you never know a book by their cover. That is so true, especially in the fitness world or anywhere in life, anywhere in life. So then what do advice do you have for people who are, for women who are experiencing irregular, um, or no periods or are on birth control that would also want to support themselves? Like we just talked about with nutrition and activity. Yeah. So definitely like make sure you are supporting your body with nutrient dense foods. I like applying the 80, 20 rule, 80% of the time I'm eating really good nutrient dense foods. 20% of the, of my diet is the fun stuff. Cause I like mm-hmm. dessert. I like chocolate and I won't apologize for that. I have something for dessert every night. Yeah. And you guys got to follow her story. She, she <laughs> eats dessert every day and she yeah. shares her recipes and stuff too. So <laughs> yeah. So that I, I, I have to live by the 80, 20 rule because if I don't, then I end up binging because I yeah. want the desserts or whatever, all the things. If someone tells me I can't have something, that's just a recipe for disaster. So 
I allow myself to eat, but I focus on the nutrient dense foods and the protein first. And then at the end of the night, I'll have my little, my little dessert. Mm -hmm. So get in your nutrients, eat enough protein. I typically with my clients like to do, um, like their goal weight for most of them. Mm -hmm. So someone tells me their goal weight is 140, then let's aim for 140 grams of protein and then eat your eggs and red meat (laughs) because they have a ton of nutrients. Mm -hmm. are vegan or vegetarian and don't eat those, then please know what supplements you need that you're not getting through those sources, especially red meat, but then really focus on just tuning into your body and listening to your body and reducing stress, improving your gut health, getting good quality sleep, go out in the sunlight and stand with your feet in the grass barefoot, you know, get in some grounding and just get out in nature and and all of that. And, and then supplement wise, I recommend magnesium for nearly everyone just because it's so important. And if you are on birth control, your body is being depleted of magnesium and B vitamins. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're having any hormonal issues, it's really going to come down to making sure you're working on your gut health and eating nutrient dense foods and mm-hmm. reduce stress in every way possible. Yeah. That's a good baseline to start with. Cause otherwise it's like, I mean, if you're having a regular period, you can dive into like getting tested and all of that stuff. But even then starting with these, the basics, yeah, that's, you're going to end up starting there anyway. And it'll improve so many other areas of your life regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what is one piece of health advice that you'd give your younger self when younger self could be 12. It could be three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what I wrote down this morning when I was thinking about this question was the knowledge that period cramps are not normal, that there is actually something deeper going on when I was 14 years old and that birth control wasn't the answer. I went on birth control around 18. I think I was going into college because I did not want to deal with painful cramps and getting sick in my college classes. Mm -hmm. So, um, I wish that had been a conversation and something that I would have known. And then even throughout my twenties, someone should have told me to continue lifting weights and not doing and not running. (laughs) (laughs) Like ever since quitting gymnastics, I've always had the goal of getting my abs back. And so I just thought like yoga, running, or like all these random workouts, yeah, hit training. And finally working with that coach in 2019 brought me back to lifting weights, which is what I did as a gymnast. Mm-hmm. And I've been lifting weights ever since. And even though I weigh more now than mm-hmm. I was the coach, I still look really lean mm-hmm. as I've been lifting weights for the past four years. Yeah. So- lift your weights, ladies, get strong, feel badass in the gym. But yeah, yeah. I, I would about the period cramps, not being normal. That would have saved me a lot of headache. Yeah. A lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't be here like so passionate about hormones. So <laughs> maybe. So what are, what are you grateful for now these days? Um, definitely my health. I feel like I'm in a pretty good place health-wise. And then more recently, just with a lot of things I've gone through, my friends, my support group, and the clients that I have, just the people and that I keep around me who support me have mm-hmm. meant the world these past few years that I've gone through a lot of personal ups and downs. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Great. Sure. Stuck by me as I've poured out my heart to them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I have to say my kitty because my life here would be really boring if I didn't have my little kitty. Dude, same. <laughs> I love my cat. <laughs> I got Eva in February of 2020. So, or like maybe the end of January. So we were like pandemic buddies when I was stuck yeah. at home. So and stuck together ever since she's sleeping on the bed right now. Um, I don't think I talk about her much on the podcast, but I talk about her a lot to lash clients and other people. <laughs> Crazy is more popular with the students that I teach than I am. They're always <laughs> pictures of Gracie. Okay. okay. So I love it's like it. on a daily basis. I'm showing pictures of my cat. Yeah. Are like follow Gracie's Instagram account. I'm like, okay. <laughs> love it. Cat ladies unite. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing all of this amazing information and wisdom with the listeners. Um, it's just been so insightful and I'm very excited for where you want to take things in your career. I think that's so great and it would help so many people. I mean, even if you're just doing it in your local community or if it reaches nationwide, who knows? Um, I think it's such a, an amazing thing to be able to educate early. I mean, listen, these kids are exposed to so many different things than we were growing up, yeah. <laughs> like to be able to arm them with actual facts and information and not, um, you know, old wives tales and old, actually old men's tales. <laughs> right. <laughs> or whatever TikTok trend is popular. That yes. Is oh my freaking God. I'm not, I can't even get on TikTok anymore, but um, it's just, uh, it's wild. Um, but let's, um, tell the listeners where they can connect with you. Cause I know you have a very active Facebook group too, or you're active in your, you're active in your Facebook group, right? Yeah. You're always yeah. on trainings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a Facebook group and it's called fit and empowered hormone health for women is the name of my Facebook group. We'll probably put that in the show notes and link it yes, up we are. Um, because fit and empowered is what I've named my one-on-one program. And then Instagram is also a good place to follow me. So I am at fit bombshell warriors. So we'll drop that link as well. Yeah, the best places to connect with me. And then at some point this week, I will have like a f- new freebie opt-in on like a three-part video series on the Ooh. real reason you are struggling to lose weight. So love that so you can tap in more. Yeah, I love that. Um, by the time this airs, that'll be out and you guys can go check that out right away and learn even more in a probably like very concise way too. So I love that. Congrats on that. It'll go deeper into some topics that we brushed on today that I didn't go too deep on. So cool. Love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. What a great conversation with Nicole. And I hope that you're feeling more inspired to keep track of what's going on in your body and especially around your period so that you can better look after yourself and your health. And post podcast, we were chatting some more. Um, Sometimes I think I should just keep recording, you know, the, the extra chats before and after. Sometimes they're so good. But we were talking more specifically about what beauty professionals can do when it comes to aligning your cycle and your work, because we do have to be around people. We have a very people-y job and you're not always feeling people-y. A lot of beauty professionals are introverts and really 
cherish that quiet time to recharge. One of the tips that Nicole gave was to take a look at your schedule. If you've been tracking and you know like generally what your energy is doing before your period, take a look at your schedule and see if there's any way that you can add a little bit more time in your day in between clients to just reset your own energy, just kind of be with yourself for a little bit, give yourself some breathing room, um, time to eat or, you know, time to sit and rest or whatever it is that you want to do so that you can make it through your day. Just making sure that you have what you need on hand so that you can do your job, really looking after yourself, taking the time to lean into your self-care practices, giving yourself nice, slow stretch sessions you know, making sure that you're nourishing your body with the food and hydration and the movement that you need and just acknowledging that you won't always be like, you know, high energy and just acknowledging that your energy is naturally going to fluctuate and that's okay. If you're not really feeling, you know, peopley, that's okay. And maybe it just ends up being a quieter appointment. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Go give Nicole a follow. I've got all of her socials linked in the show notes and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning into the Beauty Pro Wellness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes, leave a review and share with your friends in the beauty industry. Beauty Pro Wellness Podcast is produced and crafted by Wonder Podcast Productions.